Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Shitty Christians. I'm your host, Zachary Allard. And I'm Michael Tabor. And Michael, happy 20-fucking-22. Sure. Yeah. I, I guess. <laughs> so I'm going to come out a little counter here. Okay. All right. So, Hit me with it. Right. It's a bad year, right? It's been a bad couple years. Yeah. I've actually had, like feel pretty good. I'm having a good year. The okay. weather's beautiful. I think I came back from the East Coast. Uh-huh. Where I was for quite a while for the holidays because uh, you shouldn't travel during the holidays anyway. But uh, if you're going to be there, I sort of committed to the bit. Yeah. Um, and it was cold and it was snowing. And I came back and it was just been sunny and 70 here. And my mood has just been buoyant. <laughs> oh, okay. So so what you did was you artificially yes. depressed your mood yes. by being on the East Coast, something yes. no one should ever do. I would never. <laughs> and, uh, and then came back mm-hmm. to, to regain the love of sunny california and i gotta say i went for a hike this last weekend disgusting right. what's wrong with you <laughs> okay here's how bad COVID has gotten yeah i am hiking of my own volition now yeah. dear listeners this is not a thing zach does zach doesn't appreciate joy he's not here for it no and yet one this is where he's come to now i just I have spent, even me, a person that loves being inside, uh-huh. a person that loves being even in his room. A classic pretty, indoor boy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even I was like, I have to fucking leave <laughs> my house. I will say, when it's 74 and sunny, like, have, what else are you supposed to do? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was putting up lost lost friend photos <laughs> all around the neighborhood. I was yeah. so confused. The SWAT copters coming to get me <laughs> at the top of Griffith Park was, uh, was kind of cool, actually. Yeah, they gave you a ride home. Cops yeah. are cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just flashed them my Caucasian card. It was fine. Oof, too real. Well, I'm glad you're having a good 22. I really am in a way that's weird. Like, I feel like I feel good. I feel like what we might be hitting is that moment with hypothermia yes. where you get really warm. Yes. And like, or when you like, or when your flood, brain is flooded with oxygen. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh no, I feel it's good. It's so bad that you've just transcended. I do actually think we've reached that point where I'm enjoying anything nice now because the world sucks so I bad. do think that's important. I think I think steal beg borrow steal your joy anywhere you can yeah. get it because it's it's not getting better in the meantime. And so. some of this is not replicable because I'm the only neurotypical boy on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sort of happy by default because I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my my big simple friend. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that your 2022 has been going so well because uh just this morning mm-hmm. I received a devastating blow no to my entire Dude. year i don't know if i'm gonna recover man uh fuck so a little background dear listeners <laughs> some history <laughs> i have been engaged in a a cold war of mm-hmm. sorts with yes. one of our neighbors for the, the past several months yeah <laughs> uh, without getting into too many details about this person who doesn't matter they're just kind of a piece of shit mm-hmm. uh zach what was that so go ahead no go you okay go so ahead. we live in an apartment building of course we live on the second floor uh front unit and so we overhang the uh, several parking spaces sure that seems like a boring detail it's actually mm-hmm. important for this and occasionally because we live in an old building as we don't have any money the windows fucking rattle like crazy when the santa Ana winds winds come yes this is true so be so i don't like stay up all night as the winds go <laughs> i sometimes put like clothing or just like things in the between yeah, you the window and the screen it so, it can't rattle. so it doesn't rattle this guy, uh, one of his many obsessions, as we will continue to get into, is his Tesla. Yeah. His Tesla Model S, which he treats like it's a child in a hostage situation at all moments. One of the main reasons I don't like this person is not necessarily because of 
personal conflict sure uh, but because of how poorly i've seen him treat so many of our neighbors uh and most of that concerns his car at one point he was berating uh, a very nice family in our unit not for hitting his car that they parked next to Uh but for getting too close to it and it kept setting off his tesla security cameras and he was real real upset about that and we live in a very diverse neighborhood and and uh and building uh like we actually do and uh, a lot of people here are immigrants, people of color, uh, et cetera. And he's like berating like brown children about playing near his car. And yeah. he's white, more white, obviously. And it's just, it's a real bad look. And so I had just like clothing wedged in there. Uh-huh. And he was worried that something was dripping down from my clothing onto his Tesla. Dear listener. Psycho shit. The Tesla was not located underneath the window. I don't know. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. But secondly, I don't know if you know this about cars, Michael. Mm-hmm. They tend to be waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> Except, well, maybe this is his concern yeah, because it's a Tesla <laughs> and true. they're actually pretty fucking bad at that. <laughs> He's like Liam Neeson, the way he isn't taken, the way he treats his I car. have seen him accost strangers on the street for how they street park their cars, which granted uh, is, is a thing in LA. Parking sure. is a thing. But also it's a thing you have to accept. It's like yes. officiating is bad in sports, but you have to accept it happens to you and it'll even out in the end. Yep. It uh, it uh, you absolutely cannot take it upon yourself to police your neighborhood oh, parking no. situation. That makes you an asshole. If you park on the street, you just have to accept it. Yeah, my car is going to get bumped up. Yeah, well, and this wasn't even for bumps. This right. was for like you have not parked adequately enough to allow enough space behind your car, and now I'm going to accost you, a stranger. Anyways, yeah. this is all off topic. Not a likable person. Not a person right. that it I like. Has mistreated people in our community. Yes, exactly. I think that's the the important thing to say is that like. As white fuckers in a building yeah. that is not predominantly white, uh, it is important to like yes. not be yes. an asshole. Uh, this white way, fucker being an asshole. Here's the thing: I will also say that like conservative, like you get so much slack as a white person in a diverse community. People treat you with fucking kid gloves if you are just like smile at them once. They're like, "Oh, nice to see you." Like you don't even have to try, and he's not even doing the bare minimum. Yeah, he is going the other direction. So. After a minor conflict that we don't need to get into, yes. me and this gentleman have been engaged in a, a series of escalating stank faces <laughs> for a period of several months. <laughs> We're in the same building. He is often outside. Yep. Uh, I, I walk our dog. Yep. So there's just a lot of situations in which we sort of actively convey the fact that we do not like each other yep. because I'm a petty bitch and he is a petty bitch. <laughs> and drama. So, yeah. So this is just going to continue. Peacemaker, what's that? I've never heard of it. Uh, I mean, you're not doing anything. You're just scowling. Today, dear listener, I am descending the staircase of our apartment with my puppy. And who turns the corner yep. but this gentleman? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, because of the proximity, yep. I broke the stank face. I didn't realize who it was. I had the dog. There's lots of other dogs. And so I, I sort of overreacted. And all I did was a head nod. But it was a, like, kind head nod. And, you know, it wasn't a, like, hey, head nod. Mm-hmm. It was like... Hello, how are you? How's your day? How's your child? Head nod. I gave him a head nod of friendliness, which set him up for the perfect smackdown of just hitting me with that stank face. That extra reaction time, just stank face, keeps walking, and I was just completely owned. Fuck, man. I don't know. After months. That is devastating. Oh, it was so bad. I was just, I was so mad at myself for my reaction time being too slow to recognize my enemy. And uh, God, it was just, it's, 
I, I'm not even upset at him. He played the game correctly. Yeah, no. I'm upset at myself. I let my guard down. I'm upset with you, and we're bringing him in right yeah, now yeah, to take yeah, your yeah, spot. Yeah, he's, he's, he's my new best friend and co-host. <laughs> he's going to take my dog. It's, it's, it's just... He's going to marry your wife. I, I, genu- I feel so owned. It's very upsetting to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I'll recover. You, how can you yeah. recover? God. You have brought shame upon this podcast. It is. It is... Uh, so unfortunate. I feel like the only way forward for you now is the way of the samurai. Oh yeah, no seppuku <laughs> all the way. That's the that's. I'll, I'll deal with these issues in the afterlife. That's that's all I got at this point. Man, may God have mercy on you. <laughs> okay, so we have a lot to get into this week. Uh, more petty drama. Yeah, yeah. More us being petty bitches. <laughs> you knew what you signed up for. You knew what you were doing when you hit play. Come on. Uh, Vanity Fair. Jerry Falwell Jr. Oh, our boo is back. The the reunion no one asked for. Uh, <laughs> Zach, I got to give you some credit. You predicted this. Thank you. Thank so you. perfectly that he was going to lay low for a while, yep. seek out the stupidest motherfucker he could find, and get them to write a puff piece. And we will get into the details yep. of that because there's a lot to unpack there. But first, Zach, how's World War Three going for you? I... I'm going so crazy with yeah. this. Let's let's start some context yes. here. The Biden administration is uh, currently currently in the uh, Obama 2010 arc. Of yeah, with lo- the- losing everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That's where you're going with that. <laughs> of, lo- of of like losing what few elected offices Democrats still hold. The L's are so. Now, listen, they're not real L's because real L's would be if he tried to do these things right. and failed. I, mm-hmm. But, like, nevertheless, taking a beating. Yeah, I still think, like, he's – it's actually interesting mm-hmm. in the sense that, like, uh, you, like he, did, he campaigned on all these things. Yes. You know, the $2,000 checks, the, the public option, the, the voting rights, the, like, whatever. You know yeah, all the things all, he campaigned all, for. The social spending, the Build Back Better bill. Totally. Like, et cetera. Uh, yeah, I remember the the hagiographic, um, mm. you know, Biden, our most progressive president since FDR. Right. Uh, that's still so funny. It's to so me. good. But continue. Currently, he has done nothing. <laughs> like he sent one fourteen hundred dollar check that was less than Trump wanted to send, and less than he promised us. We delivered him the state of Georgia, and he still felt the need to pull a psych. He got Incredible. pocket aces out of Georgia. Yeah. That's still the craziest shit to me. Absolutely mind blowing. Um, and he, and he was just like, no. Um. So like, current and, and like. They're saying all these weird things. 33% approval rating. Kamala is going on and like yelling at people and telling immigrants not to come and just laughing awkwardly (laughs) and beefing with Pete Buttigieg, which is the most beautiful Spider-Man meme of all time. (laughs) Just like could not, I'm like, I love the two of them ever beefing. Um, So things are going as I'd say as badly as they possibly could. There's 700,000 cases a, a day yeah, of COVID. Yeah, COVID, COVID is obviously the thing that is putting a lot of pressure on right. all of this. But even on so many... Th- I mean, he literally nominated the judge that prosecuted in the Chevron <laughs> case. Or, the or, Stephen Donzinger yeah, case. The, yeah, the Stephen yeah. Donzinger case. The lawyer that was helping keep this yep. innocent man doing good work in, in house arrest for years and years and years. Chapo's on that beat, but definitely yeah. follow that up. Oh, yeah. The Stephen Insane. Donzinger stuff's essential. Continue. It could not be a more Mitt Romney-ass presidency. <clears throat> and so in the middle of this, <laughs> he is looking east. <laughs> <laughs> 
my man is like, fuck. I remember 20 years ago mm-hmm. when another when it, when another president decided he needed to do something. Another to president keep power. with whom I share most beliefs. Um, and start a war. And so it's the pivot, man. Obama 2010 to Bush 2003. Yeah. The surge, etc. And he is he is turning towards foreign policy. And I, I I don't know how important it is to get in all the details, but basically there's some shit going on with Russia and Ukraine. It appears from what we can tell through the media, which is always with this like thick gloss of we should kill all these people, right? Yep. Uh, it appears that there is a buildup of troops on the Russian-Ukrainian border. Now, a long-standing conflict. Here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. We don't have to co-sign on Russia here. No. I know you have to, like, Russia's not great sometimes, particularly on things like social policy. But I also, like, I, you and I were talking about it. Putin doesn't seem to be a great guy, obviously. Hot take. But I also genuinely feel kind of like with China, I can't really know what the proper sort of stance on that particular conflict is because I can only read about it through the gloss of the CIA times. Yes. I, I think that is a very important take uh, that like the first step in understanding anything about Russia is to understand that everything that you were told about Russia is a lie. There are truths and some of those truths yeah. may not be good, but you have to wade through so much propaganda to and get to any, any semblance of truth that I'm not sure. I'm not even that like well-read in the, yeah. in, the in, in sort of like, that world's complex. Here's the thing I'll say. Border uh, conflicts over borders in that part yeah, of the let, world. Let's I know, get to how the U.S. is. Yeah, is complicated. Yes. There are huge Russian populations there. And I don't know what people should be doing. However, so here's the thing. Russia's main gripe, according to the New York Times today, is it doesn't want NATO, Ukraine joining NATO. Which I will say completely co-sign on. They, that's a fair point. That's an absolutely reasonable Because they share point. a border. And what happens with NATO is it essentially means that if the Ukraine ever does some shit to Russia, and I understand it's a smaller country here, that means all of NATO by treaty is supposed to go to war with Russia. <laughs> yes. It is, it is absolutely a situation in which, uh, like, you don't have to defend Russia to say that NATO is an evil organization and that there are a lot of countries that have been spoiling for a conflict, yes. uh, a hot war with Russia for a long time. The U.S. Right. one of the chief ones. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that, like, yes, that would be a bad step for all of our safety and security. Russia is right on that point. Russia is correct. NATO should not be on its borders. And it's gross and fucked up that the U.S. and the North Atlantic sort of countries want the Ukraine want the Ukraine want Ukraine to join yeah. that is as active aggression yeah. because essentially what that means is American troops on its border and you know what American troops have done over the last 20 years is destroy to stabilize rape and pillage yeah and that a lot longer than 20 well, yeah. years but, but like particularly this since Biden you know sold the Iraq war mm-hmm. to us like, which he and Blinken, the current Secretary of State, were key in selling in the Senate. Yeah, especially for the Democratic the side. current guys. Yep. The, the same guys. The Iraq War guys. Are doing it again. Yeah. And, and and so I just... It's a classic presidential move. If you can't if you can't win re-election, start a war. And you, it, they've also learned the lesson that, I think you were saying this, Zach, that it yeah. can't be a small war. Okay. This is important. Yeah. Because think about Reagan. Think about George H.W. Bush. Like, I think the interesting thing with there is, like... You know, the movie I talked about the movie Wag the Dog '98 coming out, and it's like I really do think they realized it had to be against 
terror or the concept of Russia. Yeah. Because all Russia is at this point in the Western mind is boogeyman. I think you really wanted to talk about that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's worth saying that like one, Biden has been pushing ever since Biden got into office, it's really been a question of like, well, do we uh, go after China or Russia? Like mm-hmm. the the escalating propaganda mm-hmm. campaign against both of these countries has has really been wild to watch. Like so if you read CNN, it it reads like uh 2002 era like mm-hmm. conservative rags in it terms does. of like it is wild I just bumped into a CNN article in the wild about China and it just you're like oh this is just racism was like, it you're brought just to you by Lockheed race- Martin this yeah, time yeah yeah no, that Washington <laughs> Post and so yeah so we're in this space where like we're sending lethal aid that we're- is the- I can't get over that yeah, phrase I know I know it's been clowned on a lot rightly so but yeah let's take a minute Pentagon puts out a press release, says lethal aid. Two days later, it's in the New York Times and Washington Post, uncritically adopting this absolutely insane perversion of the concept of language. In the paper of record, heavy quotes. uh, Fucking insane. Losing my mind. Biden pushing this hard. uh, We're already sending lethal aid over. We're already revealing that the CIA has been in the Ukraine, which, again... Of course. I'm not wading into the conflict of Russia-Ukraine. Ukraine has got some weird far-right stuff in the past handful of years. Sure. Russia does bad things. Like, it's a complicated conflict. But you know what is never good? You know what has never made any situation (laughs) better? The CIA training people to go fight proxy wars for them. Yeah. And and, and here's a bit of history I do know. Yes. The United States spent 50 years trying to, like, kill everyone in Russia Mm -hmm. from about 1945 to 1991. They really did. That's yeah, not no, an exaggeration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They tried to starve, kill, and beat the Soviet Union in submission. And when the Soviet Union fell, there was a, they really thought by like letting capitalism in, they would get a Western European-style Marshall Plan. Mm-hmm. And they fucking didn't. Yep. All they did was pay. The United States pillaged that country along with the West, stole a bunch of resources, empowered oligarchs, and people like Putin to come into fucking power. Putin is in power because of choices the United States made in the early '90s. I think that is such an important point that, like, and this stretches back even further. You know, you get to the end of World War II, and yep. what is the U.S. doing? Palling up with Nazis because yep. they all agree that the real problem is Russia, and we have kept that conflict going. And yeah, you don't get a Putin without yep. U.S. foreign policy. And if the U.S. had done the Marshall Plan. The United States and Eastern Europe would be a better, more stable place with fewer far-right elements. I'm not saying it would be perfect. Western Europe is not perfect. America has some far-right elements. But, like, definitely fewer. And, like, these things exist because they they are in the sort of backflow of capitalism. Yep. You know? Like, they have no, you know, and so, like, that's not to justify it all. But you know what? The worst thing you can possibly do, if there's one lesson from the last 150 years of war, what would it be, Michael? Don't do war. But where specifically? Oh, (laughs) yeah. If you're going to fight a war, (laughs) you might want to look back through your history books and realize that Russia, Russia, not an ideal place to start a conflict. You cannot win a war in Russia. You can't. You literally, especially in winter. In fucking (laughs) winter! Are you Napoleon? Yeah. You fucking Hitler? Are you it's stupid? So fucking funny. Only man. Joe, but I will say that is the that is the difference, right? This is the same playbook, mm-hmm. but you can easily at least conquer Iraq. Yeah. What are you doing, my man? <laughs> Russia? It's twice the size of the United States. Yep. Keep in mind, yeah, it is. It they is also absurd. have more nuclear weapons. What are you doing? Uh, they they have plenty. We still have the most, by far. 
Is that... Anyway, they have they have thousands. Yeah, yeah. They have thousands of nuclear weapons. There, there is. It is absolutely absurd <laughs> to think that you could fight any kind of hot war with a nuclear power and any type of land war in winter in Russia. Hilarious. <laughs> you will get washed. I think the thing. <laughs> my takeaway from this is like we have reached a really weird yes. pivot yes. where like. We talked about QAnon a lot. We talked about like Christian nationalism a lot. Mm. But we're in this moment where your garden variety New York Times reading lib yeah. is a potentially more of a danger yeah. to the future of our entire planet, the world, uh, <laughs> than QAnon. Like the libs are frothing at the mouth yeah. for a conflict with Russia. Like they got so pilled on yeah. trumped up allegations of yeah. bot farms that they are ready to go to fucking war. I don't understand. <laughs> It is like I actually think we should take a second on this. Yeah, it's weird, right? Like you, like Russia is like has about half the population of the United States, about twice the size, and like if it was like a normal fi like fight or whatever, like sure the United States has a huge advantage, but it would be a major. It would be the largest conflict since World War II, regardless. Yeah, absolutely, and like millions of people will die. And there's no way it wouldn't involve all of Western Europe, all of Eastern Europe, and probably China. Like, how do you see World War Three because of your fucking girl boss loser Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. and be like, fuck those guys? Sure, fuck those guys. I don't have really any skin in this game. Um, but, like, I do think the demonization of Russia, the Russian people, the concept of Russia. Yeah. It's pathetic. This is some McCarthyism shit. It's really <laughs> scary. And I, I think it's worth saying that, yeah, like you're saying there's an entire country there. There are people. Like, it's it's not, like, it only exists as Putin. Putin is the entirety of Russia in the vast majority of Americans' mind, yeah. conservative or liberal. And it's incredibly upsetting to see an entire country filled with millions of people uh, be portrayed this way uh, because of the New York Times. Yeah, I think, and like, I've been to Russia. It's a beautiful country. It's a very, very diverse country filled with, like, all kinds of people speaking all kinds of languages. And I think, I, I do think there is this, like, it's, like, they just want to go, like, they feel okay about murking these particular people. The way Republicans feel okay about murking Muslims, they feel okay about murking these evil white people. Mm-hmm. It's it's very very strange and like getting back to the Q thing like at least the Q people mostly hate the right people <laughs> yeah. like did Hillary Clinton eat a baby I'm agnostic on it. <laughs> but she's actually done shit way worse than that yeah. she destroyed Libya yeah like I, what do you like I don't need her to eat a baby she's metaphorically eating a baby as we'll get into with the Falwell stuff like uh, all the Clinton conspiracies uh, like you know we're we're, we're conspiracy minded here on Shitty Christians yeah of course I, I, I love a conspiracy. But like, you don't even have to. You, like, don't, you they, don't even need. They it. killed a country. She they, killed a country. She it, killed a country. They had slaves. What the fuck are we doing? There's so many crimes we can point to yeah. with the Clintons that like it, it's it, again. It's by the way, you're like, right. Russia does technically have more nuclear weapons than the U.S. by the span of a few hundred. Uh, yeah. I think the uh, main takeaway here is. Uh, we have thousands of nuclear weapons. They have thousands of nuclear weapons. This is not a good situation. Yeah. Also, war is bad. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what do we have to do mm -hmm. to actually tell people war is bad? We, war I, is bad. You would think that the past 20 years of pointless conflict, murder, death, horror that we have perpetrated on the world for nothing, to, the, to accomplish nothing, uh, would have taught people that maybe this is not a good thing for us to keep doing. But uh, I do think that it, it taps into something in the American psyche that, like, when were we at our height? Post-World War II. What mm -hmm. does America... Has yeah. America has been chasing that dragon ever since. Like, they, they dream, dream of blood 
and uh, in a you know colonialized world where we're yeah. running out of spaces to just uh, do this shit in, mm-hmm. uh, what do you need? You need a bigger war. Yeah, and it's on a. I think it was that sort of Chapo spinoff talking about presidents, um, hell of presidents, um, which Matt from Chapo did. He talks about. That the United States after World War II essentially took all of its surplus and just decided to become a permanent war economy. Mm-hmm. And I actually think for me that was like really helpful. That like, you know, I mean, when you put a trillion dollars plus in the security state, because the Pentagon almost gets a trillion on its own, I, you know, and that's like an enormous percentage of just everything we do. Uh, there's no other way to view it. Yeah. There, it, there has to be a it, war. There, ha- Yeah. We need, who else are we going to sell these weapons to? Like, what we have an it's a booming economy of quote-unquote security and that's why you have washington post running articles presented by lockheed martin uh it may have been washington examiner whatever i thought it was politico but it doesn't matter oh yeah you might be right um regardless uh like making the argument for war like the arms manufacturers are arguing for war shocker how can you say you have a free press with that like i'm not kidding like how can you say you have a free press when you have politico it's it's sensibly like very politically sort of like democrat leaning yeah, publication center left being present or having articles presented by weapons manufacturers that are essentially part of the state like yeah. how can you say that and i think we are like i don't think we're gonna go to war with russia but how can you say we are not in danger right now yeah yeah i think it's the brinkmanship <laughs> of it like i'm not that worried about a hot conflict because again there's so many nukes uh, right but that brinkmanship is just so it really shows the lessons we haven't learned it really says so much about how regressive we are as a country, at least in terms of our leadership, yeah. and how maybe we shouldn't have people that have been racist, awful people their entire political career at, at the head of the, yeah. the country. And and and, and uh, libs have learned their lessons. You can uh, you can go to war and destabilize countries. Um, now, as long as it's Eastern Europe, that's yep. fine. That's cool. There's that's no true. there's no fun identity. How else Europe will we about. stop the bot farm, Zachary? I'm sorry, if you voted for Donald Trump in 2016 because you saw a Facebook ad that said, like, Hillary Hillary was going to, like, personally scalp your child, then, like, you weren't going to vote right anyway. Well, it just, it's just, it's <laughs> like, so silly and absurd because what have the past four years taught us except that, no, uh, Trump tapped into something deep at the heart of the American, like, right. value system. Yeah. Like, like they there's a they, reason this took... They can't look at that, though. Yeah, they no. can't. They have to believe that... Half the nation doesn't represent what they are. They have to believe a country with a GDP smaller than Texas jujitsued a hundred, like half the populace. Incredible. All right, let's move <laughs> okay. forward. Uh, I'm glad we get, took some time to talk about that, though. It's been eating my brain. Uh, it, oh, I, I'm, I'm almost too upset. To, I actually can't even really tweet about it because I don't have jokes or takes. I'm just like, yeah. rah! Yeah, it, it's just very interesting to me that we got through four years of the Trump presidency without an actual war. Um and then we get Biden in, and here we are. Yeah. Right back to the old playbook. Because it's all war, baby. Yeah. Uh, Let's move so, forward to our favorite thing. Oh, man. Okay. So Jerry Falwell Jr. has spent the past eight months mm-hmm. conversing with the Vanity Fair reporter. Now, Vanity Fair is an interesting publication because they yes. do some like fairly legit some the, journalism. Some of the best Epstein stuff outside of Trunon, they've actually done some like really good work on like the Dubins and things like that. Yeah. And they've even even for the like evangelical sex criminal beat, they've covered mm-hmm. it a lot more frequently than a lot of other mainstream outlets. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, Vanity Fair did like, a dozen articles on mm-hmm. uh, Carl, what's his face? Um, Weathers. Love that guy. Yeah. Let's get a stew going. Yeah, <laughs> 
been two dozen. Uh, but no, Carl, this, Carl Lentz. Yes, you nail it. Um, this piece is not that. This piece is actually a very, very interesting uh, bit of PR in that it manages to be critical enough, mm-hmm. mostly of things around Jerry Falwell Jr., but somewhat of Jerry Falwell Jr. Yeah. and Becky, that you could read it if you didn't have any other knowledge and be lured into thinking that you were reading a piece of journalism. Mm. Uh, but it's actually quite canny in who it chooses, whose voice it chooses to value and whose voice it chooses to gloss over. And so the end result of reading this is that you would think that Jerry Falwell Jr. was a victim of an evangelical culture that he was separate from. <laughs> this is 100% Jerry Falwell Jr.'s exvangelical coming out story. Like, it is absurd. If he had called himself a queer American, it's the only oh. way it would have been better. It is, it is, <laughs> uh, yeah, if he had just really leaned into the poly thing. Oh, if he had said he was bisexual, oh, oh my gosh. Uh, but no, what we get is a, a heck of a lot of Jerry Paul Jr.'s folksiness. Yep. Uh, we, that picture, so good. Oh, we'll get to the picture. Don't you worry, dear listener. <laughs> we will get to the picture. And so I opened this up not really knowing what I was getting into. And I was mm. like, okay, Vanity Fair's done some good work. I'm, I'm nervous when you say it's set up as a profile yeah. that's already, you know, delving in in a way that I think is dangerous when you're talking about a literal rapist. Uh, but <laughs> the like, worst man. Yeah, let's get into it. But then I read this paragraph. This is like the third paragraph. He was driving a white Jeep Wrangler down a dirt road on his 500 acre farm about 20 miles west of Lynchburg. That's the tallest mountain in Virginia, he said, pointing out the Appalachian peaks rising in the distance. Why am I in a Cialis commercial all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Is, are, is he going to be like sitting there with his wife in a hot, in a, in a bathtub yeah, outside, holding hands, but then the pool boy in the third yes! bathtub? <laughs> <laughs> all of that, by the way, was just because I wanted to make a third bathtub joke. That, I want to be clear. That's very good. That's very good. <laughs> so it just immediately, it, it's it's talking about, you know, the old timey church that's on Liberty's property. He's like, Robert E. Lee and Ulysses Ed Grant both worshipped here. And like, why are you letting this man talk? Incredible, <laughs> incredible stuff. So this is where we're picking up from where we last left our boy, right? Which was, <laughs> yeah, where uh, was he? disgraced, drunk, falling down stairs ostensibly and hurting himself quite badly. Uh, and then fucking <laughs> off into silence for a while while engaging in a protracted legal, still ongoing battle with Liberty over his multi $10 million, you know, uh, package for yeah. exiting uh, the university. But now, now we're back. And he's here to tell you that he's feeling free, baby. He's fine. He's glad. He's happy. When he resigned under threat of firing, he quoted, he said, free at last, free at last. Thank God almighty, I'm free at last. I got to say, at this point, it's become a cottage industry Mm -hmm. to where I think, I I have a take. Yeah. It is harder for white people to quote, it's harder for white people to quote MLK correctly than to quote him for their own ends. Yeah. I, I actually think it's hilarious. I think I have gone around from thinking being upset mm-hmm. to now it's just funny. It is it feel it feels like a game. It's yeah, like, it's okay, funny. Who can have the worst MLK tweet of the day on his on right. M- it, it's like a dead baby joke when you're thirteen. Yeah. Right? Like it's I, I know. It is longer... the aristocrats. Like Yes. Yeah. That's it, exactly it's what just like, oh LAPD did it. Hmm. <laughs> That seems a little fucked. <laughs> the FBI did it. Like, at that point, it's a it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. You know what you're doing. <laughs> then we spend an entire paragraph with them talking about an exercise bike. 
again, I'm nothing to dive into mm-hmm. here other than just like why? No, no, no. Why? Yeah. Why? It, like, there's an exercise bike in the room, and and Becky's just like, oh yeah, I got it, but it, it didn't work for me, and it just. I don't know. It, it was evocative for me in that, like, when I was in high school, that was the first time that I was around people that had, like, more means than my yeah, family. Yeah. Like, I'd be in the homes of a friend. That was my whole life. Realize, but that was yeah. just because they had a color TV. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, but, like... <laughs> no, but I know, I know what you mean. This, like, sort of upper-middle-class Southern thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and it reminded me, as they're describing this $5,000 exercise bike or mm. whatever fancy one is. The Peloton, yes. Michael, so, that is killing people on television. <laughs> characters on television <laughs> you love to see it uh and but just the way that these yeah. families would collect expensive uh-huh. objects and then they just sort of litter their home in like multi-thousand dollar things they never yeah. use there's like, definitely like a big box house in like the suburbs of like wherever yeah north carolina virginia that's that like you like wander through and there's like oh there's like a really gross vase or like a collection of like porcelain figures that's worth more than my current car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we have a room for a fancy pool table for for no that we've never played. Like that that kind of thing uh happens a lot. So anyways, this is what we're walking into. Yes. And then he mentions that this is ongoing interviews for the past 8 months and I'm like, wow, that's really interesting. He <laughs> spent 8 months with these fuckers. Um, How many times did they have sex with them? And then this is sort of the button before it dives into history. They're talking about the Jerry Falwell Jr.'s fall and all these terrible things that happened. And he says, when I told Falwell that many people thought he, consciously or not, wanted to destroy himself, he considered it for a moment. Subconsciously, yeah, I believe that's true, he said. It's almost like I didn't have a choice. Because of my last name, people think I'm a religious person, but I'm not. My goal was to make them realize I was not my dad. Shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up, dude. First of all, your dad wasn't a religious person either. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, no, it is <laughs> the rebranding as like, yeah. this is just about me being more fully myself. And yeah, of course, I made some mistakes. But, you know, I was never really a part of this. It never was a good fit for me. But like, for 10 years or however he was there, he was constantly like at the forefront of liberty, like yeah. getting all the money, recruiting people endorsing Republican presidential candidates talking mm-hmm. about the sanctity of life and lying about fucking pool boy. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. You actually made yourself the center of this because it was a convenient spot of power. Yeah, because you liked the power. Shut and like, the here's the thing. Up. It's like, I think there is a tiny bit of truth, of not course. in anything he's saying. No. And the fact that Jerry Falwell Jr. has never made a lot of pretense about being particularly religious. He's a real estate lawyer. Yeah, he, and he, <laughs> his plan was, I think, to like, even more explicitly not be the religious Yeah. Uh, however... When presented with the opportunity to gain all of that power and influence mm-hmm. and make a shitload yeah. of money selling useless degrees to immigrants via Liberty Online, he sure fucking did take it. He sure took that opportunity and he ran it as long and hard as he could. Well, so anyways. And he uh, kept, he still has money. He oh, still has the money. He, That's the fuck shit. Yeah, he got to keep the money. Whatever else, Jerry Falwell Jr. secured He's like the England. bag. He's like the nation of England. They're, He's like, oh, no, we're nice now. You still kept the fucking yeah, money. That, that is such a good point. Like, yeah, fuck, fuck you, man. The blood's still on your hands. All right. So then we jump into what is in many ways the most interesting part of the article, yeah. which is the succession-style family deep Ooh. dive. Uh, and it gets into, like, Falwell Sr. Sort of mm-hmm. goes through a brief parade of his racism and homophobia. Sure. And then gets to Falwell Jr. like being like, but he was a good dad. He was nice. He didn't care that I drank or had Beatles albums. He was he was chill. 
And it does actually. So your dad was a giant hypocrite because yeah. he definitely cared about that at the Liberty. Yeah. Sense. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We'll get it, like there was no drinking allowed at Liberty. He was on record, you know, railing against rock music fairly regularly. Like, uh, but it, it definitely uh, gets into an interesting dynamic. Mm-hmm. Which is that Falwell Junior. and Falwell Senior uh, really did get along. They were really tight. They yeah. were close. And there, and there's another son who should have been the heir by all right. means. He. he Jonathan, who is now a pastor, obviously still an asshole. None of these people are good. Sure. But he was the good son. The right. one that, like, followed the rules. And Falwell Jr. fucking hates Jonathan. And that, <laughs> he doesn't have to say it. It comes through so viscerally. That's so interesting. The first thing he has to say about his brother is, like, that bitch was always trying to copy me. Like, <laughs> and so there's this dynamic where, like, the mother and Jonathan mm-hmm. are the, like, stolid true believers. Mm-hmm. Falwell Sr. and Falwell Jr. understand the grift. And Falwell Jr. spent most of his childhood following Falwell Sr. around as he sort of toured the country, Mm. built up his name. You know, this moral majority, right-wing Christianity, that is Falwell Sr.'s legacy that he helped build. And he's talking about, like, selling books in the back of auditorium, stuffing money in his shirt. Like, he understood from a very young age. That's an incredibly evocative image. It's also very righteous gemstones. Yeah. Just, like, he was there. Yeah. he was, I think it really, really, really nails the like Danny McBride, John Goodman vibe, uh, or rather John Goodman and Danny McBride nailed the vibe of the Falwells. They, like, uh, they always understand the assignment is too. <laughs> fucking incredible. Uh, that, I mean, that is truly an incredible image though. Yeah. So there, there's some Cain and Abel shit going on yeah, there, of course. but you, but it was never really a question that Falwell Jr. and Sr. were thick as thieves by his own definition. That's so interesting. One of the ways that they describe being the same in this article that is presented without critique is is how they both like to play pranks on people. Okay. We're pranksters. Yeah. I love a good prank. Yeah. For, for, for years, we, we would put dicks in places. Yeah. Uh, just, just placing dicks around. Yeah, it was cool. One time, Jerry Sr. put a live baby alligator in his wife's bathtub. Okay. That's... <laughs> Not quite a prank. Yeah, it, well, it is a prank. It's not necessarily a fun prank. And also, like... It's more animal cruelty than yeah. <laughs> Just like Jerry Jr., who threw roadkill in into a friend's car. Which, again, these things are, like, just kind of gross. And then we're back to Jerry Sr. Jerry Sr. enjoys terrorizing students at Liberty by speeding his SUV through crowded, crowded crosswalks. Nope, nope. That's just called terrorism in France. Nope, nope, <laughs> nope. nope. Uh, that's not a prank, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's called vehicular manslaughter. Is yeah, that is. that's called reckless endangerment of the students <laughs> who come to your university. <laughs> Jerry Jr. was a little concerned his dad might murder someone. So what was his solution? Was to get a uh, a train horn hooked up to his dad's car. And his dad, I guess, used to love driving around Liberty honking his train horn deafeningly loudly at unsuspecting students. And that's minor. That's just color in the scale of this. There are far more intense sure. crimes. But I think it really says something. It does say something. Uh, especially in the context of Jerry and Becky, uh, Jerry Jr. and Becky being predators right. on this yeah, campus. of course. That what was their dad? Oh, he was just walking around endangering the lives of his students. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting connections. Then we hit the picture, which is just so delightful. Okay, I will say, I, I there's no way to know this. Yeah. I know this. But I'm pretty sure I, I had a prophetic moment the last time we talked about the Falwells, and that picture was in my brain mm. when we were talking about they were coming back. It is soft focus. 
is pastoral. Mm-hmm. It is the family. Je- uh, Jeju himself looks a little bit sort of like older, wa- a little tiny bit wise and more approachable. And I, it is the most Joshua Harris ass shit I've ever seen. It is so like comeback kid. Uh, it is just to, just for clarity's sake. The entire family posed looking quite serious mm-hmm. on top of a four wheeler. The four wheeler adds <laughs> some like righteous Gibson's comedy to it, but the tone of the picture—it's is... got that serious Vanity Fair Annie yeah. Leibovitz style. It does, but it's a family posed on a four wheeler, and it and it definitely has that like this could be the cover of their book called something like The Way Back or something. It is a very very special thing. <laughs> I I will put a I'll put a link in the description. Yeah. Uh, by the by. There is no doubt in my mind. Like, Jerry Falwell Jr. does not give a fuck about any of this country. He has never ridden that four-wheeler. Never. Of course never, not. Never. Jerry it's Falwell, a clean four-wheeler. Yeah. Jerry Falwell Jr. isn't here for four-wheelers. He's here for Miami nightclubs. Like, fuck off. This I mean, is, and I agree with him on that. But. <laughs> this, this is country aesthetics more than anything. All right. Uh, so, according to Jerry Falwell Jr., Jerry's dad, like, would not have been the person he is if not for Jerry Sr.'s wife. Which okay. again goes to this weird thing uh-huh. that Jerry Falwell Jr. has with blaming women in his life for problems. Yes. Uh, but to hear him tell it, it was Jerry Sr.'s wife who was the hardliner. And Jerry Sr., who had been kind of a rambunctious youth, mm. he was a drinker, he got in a lot of street fights. Like, the only reason. <laughs> he was in the Jets. The only reason that he became the horrific bigot that he was wasn't the. <laughs> piles of cash he made doing sure, it sure. you know no, that's that's secondary uh-huh. it was because he wanted to impress his wife you know it's true all the time i am just doing casual misogyny and racism mm-hmm. to impress ladies you know <laughs> all the t- when i think about the christian right what i think about is what a matriarchy it is how much power <laughs> and control uh women have in that culture and how you know we ought to really do something about that. <laughs> Uh, interestingly, I just, it's just a good quote. Uh, Jerry Sr. didn't drink, except occasionally an entire bottle of NyQuil. Oh, uh, what's up, bro? What's that? He called it Baptist wine. Okay. <laughs> okay, come on. I have a couple other jokes I'm going to get, but like, that's awesome. <laughs> Baptist wine? Yeah. That's cool. That's cool shit. That's saying like, I need to take the edge off, <laughs> but I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> I love that uh, he, like Future, is really into Surzer. <laughs> I can't. He co- and the rapper Future hanging out doing, yeah. co- doing coding yeah. off Surzer. Sipping on that lean. <laughs> That's cool, though. <laughs> it blows my mind how the people that built the world are. Like, Jerry Falwell Jr. makes sense to me. Of course you're full yeah, of shit. Of course, of course you don't mean any of He's it. He's Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. That's all. He is a fail son through and through. Yeah. Um, but Jerry Falwell Sr. creating the yeah. world yeah. that treats things this way, that yeah. says that, like, you can't have alcohol in the mm-hmm. house. Like, the guy that called yeah. it the devil. It's like, his Supreme Court, yeah, et like, cetera. You know, the person that made this mm-hmm. is, like, going through these weird loopholes. There's just something so broken about that. I don't... It, ba- Baptist wine is a phrase that's going to rattle around my brain yeah. until we can do something with it. Yeah. It might be the title of this episode. It's incredible two words together. It, it's lovely. And then Jerry gets back on his evangelical bullshit. Organized religion <laughs> says you have to earn your way to heaven. What Jesus said was, you just have to believe. Shut the fuck up, Jerry. Hey, 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 guys. Hey, guys. Jerry Falwell Jr. here. 
It's a relationship, not a religion. I'm sorry. Didn't you say you didn't know shit about religion, <laughs> motherfucker? Sit down. Uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. In, Can let, I? Go ahead. Let's add one more. Like, keep Martin Luther King's name out your fucking mouth. Yep. Uh, keep Jesus's name out your fucking mouth, too. Yeah. If you want to go be this guy, go. Well, well, don't be a predator, but otherwise, fuck off. Speaking of predators, Jerry Falwell Jr. met Becky when she was 13. Oh. Now, she did, they didn't start dating until she was 18 and he was 23 and a law student and she was a freshman at Liberty. So they met, so they're five years apart. They're five years apart. Let's not do age discourse, but let's Yeah, just, I'm not. I just wanted to know how. Freshman old. in college at your dad's university to Meeting you, a, a law student uh, coming back to your dad's university. It's not great. Not ideal. Uh, there was something I wanted to say about uh, him being an ex evangelical talking about Jesus. Uh, I'm going to have an incredibly hot take here. Yeah. This is what all ex-evangelicals sound like. <laughs> Send tweet. I will not be reading replies. <laughs> you all sound this fucking ridiculous. We, I would have a lot more to say about that. I it's, think a, it's a joke. It's, <laughs> I, I do think that um, the ex-evangelical community deeply needs class consciousness. There you go. Moving, for, moving desperately <laughs> onward. Another hilarious moment in this insane piece of writing. Uh, Jerry Jr.'s mom hated Becky. Because okay, sure. with the good hair. Yeah. yeah. What are you going to do? Because for her, Becky was trailer trash. Now, the fact that <laughs> Becky's dad... It's so good. The fact that Becky's dad was a multi-millionaire real right. estate developer, the same shit that Jerry Falwell right. Jr. is doing didn't matter to her. She said, "She said you can't date a hick from North Carolina. Okay, so what I love about this, <laughs> and we know this is white people. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. It's, it's all the genuses. Mm-hmm. Like, of white folks you know you're kind of you're doing some like really really specific race science here. Yeah, you've yeah. got one kind of hick looking at a hillbilly and being like i don't know about that person it reminds me <laughs> i can say this as a redneck these hicks and hillbillies don't know what the fuck they're talking yeah, about as a, as a uh heavy quote here proud son of the south <laughs> <laughs> i as someone who grew up in north carolina it's very funny to me it reminds me the high school that i went to mm-hmm. was the like middle high school then if you went you went uh east you'd hit the hick school and yep. if you went west you'd hit the bougie school so and like good. all of these things are functionally the same oh of course but the classism present among uh white southerners is a real thing it depends on the chrome package you get for your pickup yeah, yeah you, you, that's the difference it really yeah you can define things by uh you had the beat up trucks yep, yep. The newer trucks and uh, Mustangs. Yep. And then you had the like actually fancy cars that I don't know the name of because cars are stupid. I'm sorry, Zachary. Cars are stupid. I drive an 07 Yaris. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't want to. That's not the point. <laughs> don't out me on this podcast as a gross materialist. So at one point, Jerry, sort of floundering in his, his real estate and lawyer career at this point, uh, goes back to his dad. His dad's working a biography. And he's like, hey, pay me to do some research. Sure. Jerry uncovers that his dad is actually the outlier in his family. And that Jerry's sort of like casually party lifestyle mm. is much more in keeping with a, a lineage that includes a fairly colorful upbringing. Okay. And I, I resent this part of the article, if only because I I like this color. Like, these are bad things to be, but oh God, I, lo- I love some color. Yeah. And uh, and so it's like his paternal father, great-grandfather, Hezekiah, was an avowed atheist and dairy farmer. <laughs> Going back that time, just being an avowed atheist. Being that a time? man named Hezekiah who doesn't believe in God, <laughs> it's just you, cool. that's a choice, right? Yeah. Like you have to wake up oh, every yeah. day and be like, 
fuck this god shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna come Your up. You're a dairy farmer named Hezekiah. <laughs> Uh, In the 1900s. It gets better. His paternal father, Carrie, was a bootlegger. Or as Jerry called it, the ultimate entrepreneur. Okay, having descended from some bootleggers myself, I agree. (laughs) Don't make me like this. Uh, Jerry's great uncle, Garland, was an alcoholic and drug addict. Carrie and Garland promoted cockfights and distributed illegal whiskey during Prohibition. I'm pretty sure we're related. Goddamn (laughs) it. That's what I'm what I'm understanding from this is like, oh shit, we've probably seen each other at the family get together. <laughs> the brothers later got rich through owning bus lines, gas stations, a nightclub. Interesting. There we go. And a hotel where they kept a bear chained up for drunk tourists to wrestle. I'm only upset that the bear was chained. No, yeah, listen, uh animal cruelty is not okay. Yeah, no. But if the bear hadn't been chained. Yeah, take take the bear off the chain, stop bear. giving it drugs, let it be a real fight. Do some Dagestani shit. Yeah. Wrestle that bear. Yeah. You you want to wrestle? Let's wrestle. <laughs> uh, that is amazing. I love all of that. Uh, it's too bad he... Well, but it's like... The, it's, the, it's all failed sons. It's like Donald Trump's grandfather. Obviously did some fucked up shit, but he was like out there like buying mines and like selling people and yeah, like, yeah he was an actual industrialist uh which is a horrifying thing course, to be but he did the fucking but it thing. was an actual thing that he was like yeah. uh whereas don don jr is or uh yeah. whereas trump is just the pastiche of that thing yeah, he exactly. is you know it's it's an easy joke the reality television facsimile later carrie shot and killed his 25 year old brother garland that rules uh, Garland attacked Carrie in a booze and arbit- barbiturate-fueled rage. Well, you know. <laughs> get what you bitch, you know. Start, so shit, just, start shit, get shot. Yeah. <laughs> Talk shit, get hit by a slow. <laughs> um, so just just, just a lot of color there. You know, bloody the, the full white trash spectrum, I know yeah. it. So this, know is, well. this is the ethos that Falwell yeah. Sr. was born into. And then, uh, as a non-religious young hooligan about town, he attended church sort of in a, a classic thing you know the, mm. the i would not even a prodigal child but just the lost boy who yeah. goes through some tragedy walks into a church sees a pretty girl um classic and uh and according to falwell jr this is he said my mother was the only reason my dad became puritanical fuck off yeah so now jerry's doing all this research he's on the premises he's he's called uh he's just called junior like mm-hmm. he's around but he's not really a part of this i think right. that's interesting is that like mm-hmm. jerry senior would invite him to lunch a lot you know trying to bring him in he, yeah. he he valued the fact that he was a lawyer that this business acumen that jerry senior never had yeah which will come up later jerry rarely went instead he often ate alone in a wendy's uh, in a wendy's parking lot listening to rush limbaugh in his car that Top. is a perfect image. Isn't that? That's the perfect image. It's it really I think it says a lot. He say, he says he says talk radio, radio became Jerry's political religion. Rush is the reason I became a conservative. Do you think he's going to like have a show on the Blaze? It's a good question. I think where we go where Jerry yeah. Jr goes we'll from here that. is an interesting question, but I think this is actually really important. But One yeah. of the reasons he was able to step mm. into this Trump moment so well he was ready. is because he was he was rush pilled. Yeah. And we've never done our full Rush Limbaugh episode. It's because we're too big of fans. I haven't gotten over his death. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I think it really, like, it's just so evocative. No, no me. I mean, like, I, I we've said this before. Rush, is, I think, is one of the most important touchstones in American, modern American, stu- uh, you know, history. And the fact he had this kind of sweeping influence, mm-hmm. right? And, and, like, him changing countless 
awful men's lives to do this. He, he was a carny. He was an entertainer. Yeah. So here's what you have. You have uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. sort of around, yeah. but like not, not religious, really. Yeah. And then you have Jonathan, the good son, the pastor. Mm. And the question of succession comes, and Jerry Sr. has an interesting idea. Yeah. He says, we're going to split it up. Mm-hmm. Jonathan, you're going to be the religious leader. Yeah. Junior, you're going to handle all the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, splitting splitting the Cain and Abel yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. thing down the middle. Uh, Jerry Jr. is not super into this plan. That's so interesting. Which is really interesting. According to him, but I, I kind of believe him. Like Nothing he's done up to this point demonstrates that he was gunning for the throne. Right. I think he really did just want to go do real estate shit and be awful and do evil things that way. Uh, <laughs> and then Jerry G- Sr. died. And, like, a week later, he's giving, like, you know, the inaugural address at Liberty. Yeah. And he realizes that he is at a crossroads. Yeah. He can either step into this role mm-hmm. and craft it in his own image, fully take on the power and be- become the supervillain that we all know and hate today. Mm-hmm. Or he can walk away. He's not going to walk away. It's why succession is so good. Yeah. It's because it understands that you can't. And I don't know, like, I'm genuinely about, like, you or me. Like, if you're handed the crucible, you're the crucible, if you're handed the throne, mm-hmm. the ring... Most people don't walk away. Yeah. They can't. You know, that's that's why it powers evil. It, like, it, it grabs you. Uh, it's an interesting moment. Now, again, maybe he was always gunning for it. But if you look back at his life history, I think it really was the moment where he stepped in, took on the role, yeah. and then realized yeah. just how much he can make this work for him. And I think he was certainly aware of the grift. Of you know, course. again, this is the child that was stuffing money in his shirt. But, like, I don't think it's really till he got in there that he realized how good the grift could be yeah and then we embark uh and because giancarlo is working on his own documentary and is like Mm -hmm. writing this out in his way and i you know he is obviously a victim here but he has clearly decided to make this work for him as best he can uh he doesn't comment and they use that over and over and over again not to look at the mountain of research that giancarlo has already published the the, the documentation that proves Mm -hmm. or at least strongly correlates with his version of events but just to be like well giancarlo didn't comment so we're just gonna let becky and jerry jr just speak on the matter Drives me crazy. <laughs> Absolutely unforgivable. Uh, so it it would be it's it's like the BBC talking to Dirsch about fucking Ghislaine Maxwell. But it is a little funny. Well, yeah, just like the BBC talking to Dirsch about Ghislaine <laughs> Maxwell. And it's funny in part because in order to make this make even an ounce of mm. sense, uh, what we have to get to is Jerry Jr. being deeply into some cuck shit. <laughs> That's the best he can do. <laughs> The PR spin on this is just the most literal cuck shit. So let's hear their story. Okay, so uh, to hear their version of events, Giancarlo, they were down in Miami just because they liked getting away. You know, it wasn't because they were regularly going on booze-filled rampages through the Miami nightlife scene. uh, Things that we have, you know, photographic evidence of. (laughs) It was just because they liked being in a place where they weren't royalty. You know, they felt uncomfortable Yeah, you know what fucking rich people hate? Being treated like royalty. Absolutely. You know, you just got to get away. So when I'm trying to get away, find a little peace in my life, I think Miami nightclubs, don't you? (laughs) Don't you? When I'm just trying to chill. So they go down there, and to hear I Becky say, tell that, it, that pool boy is a good, you know. To, to hear Becky tell it, Granda the pool boy was the aggressor in the relationship. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This nineteen-year-old with twenty bucks in his pocket. Yeah, yeah. It's literally a twenty-year-old. He's definitely the one that like pushed this. Uh, she, according to like according to her, he gave her his number, not 
seeming not correlating with his events. Uh -huh. And then it started out as a maternal relationship. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. There there was no sex for like a year. Uh -huh. You know, she just cared that makes it about weirder. Him. You understand that makes it weirder. Well, to hear her to, to fuck your son, <laughs> she was feeling neglected because Jerry's so busy with the school, and you know, it just felt nice. It was flattering, and it slowly became flirtatious. And then a year later, they finally had sex. This is this is worse. Did, you understand this is worse, yeah, right? The yeah, meme, yeah. yeah. And again, Grande has produced a lot of evidence yeah, that we, his version of events know. that we have covered on the show that like they hit on him, they yeah. brought him up to his room, and Jerry watched him fuck. Like there is a a mountain of evidence that just and just gloss and over. all the business shit they bought for him. Yeah, I, and well, I also I'm gonna say something here. I have seen pictures of Grande mainly because it's the background on my phone. Yeah, he, he is one of the most attractive men ever. He's very handsome. I bring this up just to say, I don't think he was hooking up with Becky for, you know, relationship reasons. Yeah. And that sex work is work. <laughs> Second it. Um. <laughs> so that mainly the stuff about Grande, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so to hear J Jerry Jr. tell it, it's not that they were already engaged in this mm -hmm. weird sexual relationship. He didn't even know about it when he got into business with Grande. Shut the fuck Becky up. Just Shut the to fuck mention... up. Who, what multi guy worth $50 million just picks up a pool boy and is like, we have to get into business together. Absolutely insane. One of the funniest moments that is confirmed on both sides, Grande's initial business idea was a uh, thing to treat video game addiction. I genuinely kind of love him. I, we've talked, but like he's he seems like such an innocent. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think that... Uh, you know he's securing the bag now sure. but i i don't necessarily begrudge that like the story needs to be told and if you're getting paid to do it why would you so secure? Big. he had to have sex with becky falwell in front Oof. of jerry falwell jr secure all the bags yeah. my friend but it's very funny to me that like uh who is granda he is a guy who flunked off the the high school varsity yeah. football team because he played video games too much and that was the worst thing that had ever happened to him so it was really important to him to help others that had struggled the way he struggled we have to have him on this podcast. <laughs> i'm not i, I, I love it we I have to <laughs> uh so yeah so they get into business together for for no good reason just out of the kindness of their heart <laughs> yeah. hey jersey real estate guy he loves that um then becky mm -hmm. quote unquote confesses to the affair right this is before the deal had closed. This is insane. So according to Jerry, hey, the deal was already in motion. We had to go through mm. with the deal from the person that is having an affair That's with my wife. Me. Now, when she confesses, she doesn't stop. So in their narrative, their fictional narrative, <laughs> Jerry Jr. is aware that his wife is fucking this pool boy and still goes through a business deal to give him millions of dollars to get a hotel. And he doesn't have any power. Yeah. Right? Like, there's no reason to give this guy millions. Yeah. No, no, no. This was a sweetheart deal for Grande. It's, it's free money. It's Let's just describe yeah, what it is. He's yeah. just giving him money. He's just giving him it's millions of dollars. It's not a deal. It's just, here's money. So you're giving millions of dollars to the guy your wife is fucking. It explains itself. Yeah. <laughs> Incredible. Uh, it leads to some truly demented quotes. Like, Giancarlo was very worried Jerry or my boys would beat him up, Becky said. I, again, having seen pictures of Giancarlo. No, he fucking wasn't. <laughs> yeah, don't, no, he fucking wasn't. Don't fucking worry. <laughs> Becca said Gronda shouldn't be cared. Everyone would try to make the awkward arrangement work. There, Well, that there's some truth in that. Yeah. <laughs> J Gronda apologized to Jerry the next time they were all together. He said, I hope you're okay. And I said, I'm dealing with it. This is so funny. The, I love it when this is the PR spin. Rich, rich people lying is one of my favorite genres of things. Oh, it's it's, so it's good. the Prince Andrew saying he can't sweat. They they're so they never have to, so they're so bad at it. Like me, I'm good at lying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, excellent. Because I've had to be. Yeah. 
It's the only way you've gotten I'm anywhere. Finding a way to like convince my boss to whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then the affair continues for a year. Just. It's so funny. Fucking beautiful. It's so good. Fucking beautiful. I love when you fuck up so bad that the only way out is just to be the biggest bitch. <laughs> the, <laughs> to, yeah. to lie about being the biggest bitch. Your cover is Once vicious. again, you realize this is worse, don't you? You realize how much worse it is. <laughs> Uh, so the affair goes on, blah de blah. It it starts to get you know to fall apart. And yeah, I'm using the word affair, but let's call it what it is. Yeah. They continue to prey on this very yeah. young man. They're, uh, they're 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 taking advantage of this guy. Yeah, and Granda attends the wedding of Jerry and Becky's oldest son Trey. Okay. I I know we're we're about to end this, but I need to take a second. Yeah. Can you imagine? Uh, was it the daughter or son? Uh, it was Trey. Okay, can you imagine you're Trey? Yeah. You're trying to get married, mm-hmm. and your parent, and like, I'm sure Trey's a piece of shit. I honestly don't know. Who knows? Like, but let's say Trey is just kind of down the middle. Yeah. And I think it's fair to say that anyone who is still associating themselves with the family after all this is kind of but a piece I also, of shit, but whatever. I also understand you're getting married. Whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to speak to him. I don't mm-hmm. know. But like, let's say you're Trey. Let's say you're more on the more normal side yeah. for the sake of this, and your parents bring their fucking fuckboy that they are basically human trafficking. <laughs> To your wedding. Like, that's not great. That's not... You don't love that. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. Bringing, bringing like, your third Bringing a person you're treating as an actual sex toy. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's, it's bad not great. news. It's not great. Imagine how the poor wife might have felt. And uh, mm-hmm. this is about the time that, like, Jerry Falwell Jr.'s political rhetoric is, is heating up, including this incredibly racist thing oh, he no. did. Three days after the December 22nd, 2015 mass shooting in San Bernardino, California, Jerry brought a pistol on stage at an all-school assembly and said, if more good people had concealed carry permits, then we could end those Muslims before they walked in. Yeah. (sighs) So... As the Granda stuff is kind of falling apart, Granda is threatening to go public. This is when you get something we covered yeah. before, the Donald Trump yeah. of it all. The Michael Cohen sort of fixing the, the situation. The fact that a pool boy just Keep... got Trump elected. Yeah, exactly. Like, genuinely, it's a real thing. <laughs> no, like, go back. You don't get... I, I do think these forces existed in such a way that made Trump an inevitability. Yeah, of course. The Christian rights love affair with Trump was going to happen. Yeah. But the, it is worth saying again that like Ted Cruz was the son. He the son yeah. of a pastor. He'd been an evangelical supporter all his life. Evangelicals loved Cruz. Of course. He was he was the like down the ha- down the center line SPC guy. Yeah. And Falwell Jr. was the disruptor who brought in Trump and gave that credibility and then went to bat for him and constantly. Mike, Michael Cohen is the uh, like all lawyers is the glue. Yeah, in like classic dodges that you've heard over and over again from your conservative relatives like after the uh Access Hollywood tape uh like Jerry Falwell Jr was the one on TV being like, "Hey, listen, we're never we're never going to have a a truly good politician in, unless Jesus was running." So like giving that cover, running it, to the point where as we've covered before, he was offered Secretary of Education. We almost had. Now I'm mad. A Jerry okay, Jr. Say, Secretary of Education. I'm upset. Because he I'm was upset. a football dude. Betsy DeVos was evil but boring evil, yeah. the way that those people are terrifying. But he would have been the cool Secretary of Education. Like, we would have accidentally had, like, every university would have been named, like, Jesus you, Fallwell you. <laughs> or, like... Some sort of like sexual allusion to his pool boy. Yeah, it would have. John Carlo University. <laughs> yeah, it, it would have been really something. It would have been a lot of good content for this podcast, is what it would have been. It's a shame. Uh, the world we could have had. Uh, and then. 
But yeah, Trump owed him. Yeah, and then we get into the sort of like uh, the the fall arc, the Fallwell right. arc. Yeah. The, uh, the you get the picture, you get mm. you get it all sort of starting to come out. And according to Fallwell Jr., it's and I think there is a little bit of truth to this. He said Trump was the reason they came after me as hard as they did. Sure, of course. And I think there's some truth to that, that, like, the reason the national media cared. Yeah. Uh, like, obviously, hypocrisy sells. Like, that, that's always good. You helped pick good. the president. Suck my dick. Yeah. <laughs> Though, like. um, and so they, they kind of successfully cover up the Granda stuff in the immediate aftermath of that blow up, thanks to Cohen. Yeah. And their relationship continues. And this gets to, like, what is the darkest part of this, and then we, we'll bring this home, is that in this Vanity Fair piece yeah there is an allegation of sexual assault uh-huh <laughs> it is made by becky against granda Ugh. which is extremely disturbing given yes. what we know of becky and granda's quote-unquote relationship and the fact that uh becky has been credibly accused of sexual assault of other students at liberty something that yeah this multi-thousand word piece d- dedicates one sentence to and so they just allow this woman, who is, so who is a repeatedly accused predator, to be like, no, 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 no. I was the victim. And yeah. I think, you this know. This woman who, like, is known for sneaking into, like, people's bedrooms when they're trying to sleep and trying to assault them and mid- sometimes kind of succeeding. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who, who did that thing. Yeah. Uh, is now getting to say, no, no, no. Granda was the one who forced himself upon and, me. And, like, the lack, like. The lack of intersectionality here, the lack of, like, reading who has the power in the yeah. situation, the lack of, like, reading, like, the context of this at all is just really distressing from Vanity Fair. Like, the editors of Vanity Fair have no excuse. It's real, real bad. And we'll move on from that. But I just, <sighs> it's, it's incredibly upsetting. Um, and I, I think it it speaks to something deeply broken in the fact yeah. that, like, we just allow these powerful people to be like, no, you. And then move on. So then we it, it ends somewhat boringly with just sort of recounting the drama over his severance package, uh, which is just, you know, whatever. Fuck him. He shouldn't get the money, but I also can't lose any sleep over which evil person has all that money. He, he shouldn't get the money, but I refuse to care. Yeah. And it, it, this is where you get, like, these one-sentence references to a lot of the things that have come out about yeah. both Jerry, Becky, and Liberty University. Like, it dedicates two sentences to the fact that there was these a lot of reporting on Title IX violations, about people right. being pressured out of reporting sexual assault on campus. This thing that we've seen echoed across so many Christian universities yeah. where they just don't want to acknowledge that this can happen, so they victim blame and they threaten people. Like, all of that, uh, the other allegations get back, you just gloss past. Ugh. Really, really upsetting stuff. And then it just ends with them being like, no, we're sticking around. And it sort of goes out on like, we're happy that like this is out there because we're looking to move forward and it just kind of leaves you there so i think there's two things to talk about here yeah one the article and two where they go from here so like let's this article really distressing and really bad reporting like an editorial and and the editor should have known better and like and the writer for that matter i don't know why like I don't know if like liberal media just hates Christians so much. Anybody who's like, "Ooh, glad I got out of that," could have been like the world's biggest like disgusting predator, and just like the they love the arc. I don't know if it's like lack of class consciousness that like these people are disgusting and powerful. Or it's it's probably some combination thereof. But it's just, what the fuck is up with this like high gloss shit for this like family of predators? It's really crazy to me that um, 
I think it tells you everything you need to know that Jerry Falwell Jr. tweeted this article out himself. Like, he is proud of this. This is part of his spin. This yeah. is what he was going for. And he was bragging privately that, like, he had gotten this profile, like, a week before it came out, being like, I, I did it. And I, I think it just, it's it's unforgivable Yeah. Uh, to give this much space to a person to just spew their lies and spin and it's all throughout this and it, i just i don't know it blows my mind it blows my mind that it got published in like a place that is known for its good journalism that doesn't need to do this yeah. like, right like this isn't this isn't the fucking texas monthly like the texas monthly would do a good job this is like, like this is like john mccain level rehabilitation of just like ooh. how how do you think you can get away with doing this this like insane monster and like it's even weirder when you consider his proximity to trump and the one thing the media somewhat correctly hates is donald trump yeah. and even they do that poorly most of the time um they hate him not for the right reasons uh it's very strange it's very strange i may i may come up with like a reason why they did it later but i need to ruminate on it a bit what happens to the fall whales from here it's a really good question i uh i think that if this goes the way he wants it to i think that blaze tv style political punditry is in his future i think it's what he it's the only thing he ever cared about mm. i don't think he gives a shit there it's it, there's a funny moment where Will Franklin, son of Bill Franklin, and Jerry Falwell Jr. are arguing, and Will is pissed off being like, you're never, evangelicals are never going to invite you in ever again. Like, you're done. Oh. You're done with evangelicals. It's like, fucking, he doesn't care. Like, it was his power base, and but it was never is, what he was passionate about. He might not be back as a religious leader, but he'll still be a leader in that world because of his name and his voice. I, I think you're right. I think his turn is is something like poking because blaze tv is perfect because it's what's his face the mormon guy whose name suddenly escapes me that i'm a little bit fascinated by i'm, I'm blanking but he's doing the glenn beck because you remember like two minutes where glenn beck had like that good sort of like come back around like he was mm -hmm. on samantha b which again the stupidest person in the world obviously she like bought the grift yeah um i definitely think it's the like that arc of the like hey i'm one of the normal ones did you know this about me i got the vaccine i don't know i think people should get the vaccine uh, you know, I'm in the pages of Vanity Fair. He's going to, like, do a little bit of it. He's going to release a book with, the, with another picture of them on their enormous farm talking about his journey. Yeah. And maybe he'll bring back in his personal faith with God, but I kind of think he won't. I think he's going to just, like, start doing guest appearances on something like Glenn Beck's network. Something more, like, sort of, like, right wing, but, like, you know, not quite, uh... Uh... My brain is only half working. No, not not the full QAnon. Not yet. full QAnon, and and then just you know kind of slide into that role. It's the obvious thing. It's a good grift, but better money. It's not bad, that's for sure. I I do think he's. I mean, that's our it. future. So <laughs> he's hitting it at the moment where like QAnon and the Republican Party have only become more intertwined. Yeah. Like the Trumpism is so strong. But there's still space for this guy as long as he doesn't speak out against that. Yeah. All he has to do is just be the the calm voice in the room who says like, yeah, listen, but. And yeah, and I think he gets to the point where, like, clearly what this is setting up is a little bit more of, like, I'm the guy that mm -hmm. is going to critique the yeah. thing that I was a virulent proponent of. And 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 despite the fact that all I've ever done is grift and yeah. rape my way through yeah. an entire generation of, like, students at my mm -hmm. university, you're going to listen to me because you like it when those right-wing guys say vaguely liberal things. Yeah. Like, yeah, they love that. Uh, and, and he'll still support Trump. He's not like he's not supporting Trump. No, so I, no. I think he'll support Trump in 2024. Trump will win. We're back in We're back in business, baby. And then we get Secretary of Education. <laughs> oh, I, I genuinely, if, if, if it's between Biden 
and no Falwell Secretary of Education or Trump as Secretary of Education Falwell? Obviously. I would See, I would vote for Trump if he promised me that over Biden. I think I think that um I think that Trump Trump likes to complain about like, oh I don't like losers, but Trump loves losers. Oh, he of course. the only thing he really cares about is loyalty. Yeah. So as long as he doesn't uh you know stop bending the knee, I, th- I think he's golden. Falwell hasn't lost. Yeah. He hasn't lost. No. He's done this the next phase. Trump's declared bankruptcy more than any of these guys. Falwell's better with money. This was fun. Yeah. I'm glad it, to be back. It was a heck of a thing. Uh, I'm still in a good mood. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I'm happy for you. Thanks. I, uh, yeah. Can't wait. To, can't wait till the next time we see what Jerry Boy is up to. I already miss him. On the comeback arc. All right. With that said, my name is Michael Tabor. You can find me at Michael Tabor. My name is Zachary Allard. You can find me at Zachary underscore Allard. Follow the pod at shitty underscore pod. Thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. I hope your 2022 does not involve as much ownage as mine has. And we'll see you soon.